Hello everyone and happy Thursday and more importantly, happy New Year's Eve. Today's a very special episode. It's the New Year's special. I've got some guests and instead of hearing me talk for the usual 20 to 30 minutes, you get to hear me talk for over an hour. So you're in luck or maybe you're not. Uh, I'll let you decide on that one. Um, In preparing for this episode, I started thinking about last year's New Year's episode, and that episode, if you remember, focused on movies and TV shows of the decade, and was kind of just like a closing of the decade in general. But if I'm being totally honest, this year has felt like its own decade, and I'm pretty sure you all can agree with me. Viola told me last year that I'd be watching, and more importantly, making TikToks, that school would be canceled, which I'm pretty sure was every student's dream until it actually happened, that we'd be wearing masks, and that there'd be a toilet paper shortage. I probably would have looked at you like you're crazy and maybe even laughed in your face. But here we are, and none of that actually seems crazy anymore. In fact, it's all just normal. Um... In all honesty, though, I'm just glad that March finally ended because it definitely felt more like 365 days than 31 days. I think we can all agree with that. Um, In any case, it's been a long year, an unexpected year, a historic year, and also a challenging year. That's why today's episode is going to focus on the positive things about this year. The music that made us smile, the television shows that brought us comfort, and the movies that distracted us from all the craziness that happened this year. To make this episode extra special, and so you're not just listening to my voice for over an hour, which honestly it's probably going to be closer to two hours with all the stuff I have planned for this episode, um, I've got some special guests who you'll hear from later in the episode. Um, but before we begin... I'd like to dedicate this episode to all the essential workers for their efforts during this difficult year. The doctors and nurses and other medical professionals that risk their lives daily in order to keep us safe. The firefighters, police officers, and other law enforcement officers that kept us safe in other ways this year. The teachers and educators who had to figure out new technology such as Zoom and Google Classroom in order to continue educating students. The bankers that had no choice but to continue working during this pandemic especially those who help small businesses stay afloat. And last but not least, grocery store cashiers or other grocery store employees for working hard so we could have the supplies we needed. This episode is for all of you. You're appreciated more than you'll ever know. You are all the heroes of this year and your work is not unnoticed. My listeners had the opportunity to nominate essential workers for shout outs earlier this week. So throughout the episode, you will hear those shout outs. Starting with this first one. But first, yes, this is still Simply Kennedy, and I still need to make a little money off this podcast. So first, a pre-recorded ad. After that, the shout-out. Then, after this, the longest intro in the history of podcasts. We'll finally get on with the episode. Anyway, here is that pre-recorded ad. All right, I know that you're probably more sick of hearing me say this than probably hearing the ad, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Um, As a podcast listener, I know how annoying it can be to listen to ads, um, and I just really want to thank you because, you know, as a podcast host, those ads really help me, and I really appreciate it. But anyway, let's get on to our first shout-out of this episode, and then we will get into everything. So this first shout-out is for Robert Romo um, from California, and Jackie Calderon nominated you for the shout-out. Now, from what I've heard, you're a grocery store cashier whose main objective has been making customers' shopping experience better during this pandemic. And I really want to send you some appreciation. 
um, and some gratitude um, on behalf of everyone you come in contact with this year. It's people like you who maybe you haven't gone recognized, um, but you are a hero of this year, and I want to thank you, and this this is why I'm giving you this shout-out, because you are really deserving of it. Um, and Jackie wanted to give you a special message, so here is her message. We all appreciate your work and efforts to get customers in and out quickly while being understanding and patient. Thanks for all that you do. That message is from Jackie, and once again, I just want to say thank you for being one of the silent heroes of 2020. You made a difference in many people's lives, and your work is not unnoticed, so thank you so much. All right, so kicking it off with our first segment today, I have a guest, and this guest is my younger sister, Risa. She's here today. She's going to help me out with this. Um, the first thing we're doing, like I said, last year I talked about movies and TV shows. This year I'm going to touch on those. I'm also going to touch on some music and other stuff. So we're starting off with TV shows. She's going to help me. We're going to rank our favorite TV shows this year. Um, she is younger than I am. She is more Gen Z, so she's got a little bit of a different perspective, and I wanted to bring her here for that reason specifically. Now, I'm not going to lie, a lot of the shows we watched were the same shows, but I think we do have some different points of view, different rankings, so I think that's going to be interesting, and um, yeah, I think the rules for what we did was we had to pick 10 shows um, and put them in order. Now, the, the shows didn't have to have premiered this year, they just had to have either ended or had new episodes this year in some capacity. So that's the rules for that. Um, now, without further ado, here is Risa. And Risa, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Risa, and um, let's see. Okay, so I am what you would typically call, like what Kenny said, um, a Gen Z. You know, I am very active on social media and all of that. So, um, yeah, and Gen yeah. Z doesn't, it's more like the time she was born. Right. So she is 14 right now, almost 15, a few months till then. But yeah, so she's got definitely a different perspective than I do. Um, but in any case, um, we're going to just start, we're going to go backwards, starting at our number 10, working our way up to our number one. So I guess we're just going to kind of take turns back and forth with what was our favorite show. So um, you want to kick us off with your number 10 pick? Okay, so my number 10 was um, DCC Making the Team. DCC stands for Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. And I have always been a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys, but specifically their cheerleaders because they do mostly dance, and I am a dancer myself, and I can relate to a lot of the things that are said in the show. Now, trust me, there is nothing wrong with this show. But the reason I put it so far down at number 10 is simply because I like other shows more than I like this one. But this is a really amazing show, and I just loved it so much. And I think I learned a lot about dancing through it. Yeah, and this is a show that we watch every single year. It's something that we tend to binge. Um, I'm going to disclaimer now. It's not on my list, and the only reason for that is because the season is not over yet. They're barely airing new episodes. So as of right now, especially with the whole pandemic stuff, and it's a little bit different than previous seasons, it just didn't make my list. So my number 10, and I have technically two on my number 10 because I couldn't decide and I couldn't leave either one of these out. So Dancing with the Stars and World of Dance. Um, like she said, we're dancers. We love dance shows. It's kind of funny that we both have dance shows on here. Um, Dancing with the Stars. Um, there was stuff I didn't like, um, like you guys heard me talk about Tyra's hosting and some of the rebranding stuff and whatnot, 
But there was a lot that I did like. Justina Machado from One Day at a Time loved her. Um, there was a lot of contestants that I really did like this season. And I just love watching... Um, just non-dancers kind of learn what it's like to learn to become dancers. And then World of Dance, uh, hello, we've got J-Lo as a judge, Derek Huff, Neo, and then just such incredible talented dancers. And there's not many shows on TV that feature dancers. We have shows like with singers and all sorts of stuff like The Voice and American Idol and that kind of stuff. But it's nice and refreshing to see a show about dancers. Um, so that's my number 10. Risa, do you want to give us your number 9 pick? So my number nine is actually Dancing with the Stars, so very similar to your list, but um, yeah, I we watched this show for years, um, and I remember just like growing up watching it, to be honest, and I haven't watched the last couple of seasons, but this season I really liked. Um, Justina Machado is really amazing to have just started dancing, and so many of them have just like, you know, really become dancers, which is so beautiful to see, and... Yeah, it's just a really great show, and I love seeing um, Derek Huff and stuff, you know, and the judges are just amazing and all of that. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that, and I already talked about it, but yeah, I think number nine, number ten, pretty close, we're pretty similar on that, mm -hmm. um, and I think it just is a show that we look forward to watching every week and kind of was something exciting, especially because it was airing during a time when there wasn't much airing because of delays, because of COVID and stuff. So it was kind of nice to watch something um, every week again. Um, my number nine show is Fuller House. So the very last season, not the whole season, actually half the last half of the last season, very confusing, I know, um, came out this year. And I love that show, and I think specifically this last season was the season that had me laughing and laughing and laughing nonstop. Hilarious comedy, love it. Um, there was also a lot of guest stars, um, just a ton of, if you watched the original series, obviously we weren't born when it came out, but we watched Full House. Um, yeah. And... Um, I don't know. It was just such a good conclusion to the show. I wish it could have gone on longer, but since it couldn't, um, they did wrap it up very nicely. It's only at number nine because um, it was the last season. It had been going on for a while. I mentioned it last year. So I wanted to give some other shows a chance to kind of be at the top, especially shows that barely came out this year. What is your number eight, Risa? Okay, so my number eight is World of Dance. I absolutely love this show. Another dance show. So far, my last three have been dance shows and also uh -huh. very we're very close like yeah yeah we were um very similar on that yeah i just love world of dance and the reason it's higher than dancing with the stars is because um i don't know i guess it's people who have already been dancers you know basically their whole lives and i love the judges obviously i love j-lo neo and Derek huff um all of them are just so amazing and I actually knew one of the dancers that was competing, and she made it in pretty far, which was really um, great. I'm super proud of her. And um, the trio that won, uh, what's their name? MDC3? MDC3. MDC3, yeah. yes. They were just amazing. I've never seen a trio like that. And, you know, it's yeah, just the whole thing. storytelling was, really, was incredible, it, too. Yeah, I think that was what really made their dancing so great. Um, that and, of course, all their technique and stuff. But... Um, yeah, and I'm glad they won. I'm just, you know, it was it was a great show. I love that show. My number eight pick was Spinning Out. Now, to be honest, when I was researching for this, I didn't even realize that show came out this year. Apparently it did. Um, this year has felt like 10 years. So 
Um, yeah, Spinning Out. It was just a good... I actually rewatched several episodes several times. It's like a good show um, about... Uh, figure skating and um o- not OCD uh, well she does have OCD also but about bipolar disorder and it's dramatic and motivating and kind of nuts at the same time um Willow Shields who was prim in the Hunger Games grew up nicely she's one of the main characters she plays the main character's younger sister um which apparently she does a lot so uh I really did like that show very enjoyable um Definitely, I guess, not my favorite of the year, but is it something I would rewatch again? For sure. Is it something I enjoyed? For sure. Um, what about your number seven pick? My number seven is on my block, and I wish I could bring this up higher. Like, all of these shows that I'm mentioning are so amazing, but, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I really liked it, and their last season came out this year. Shout out to my cousin for introducing it to me in March. Um, because that was when quarantine had first started, and, um, he told me about the show, he was like, it's so good, and I remember, like, reading this, the description and stuff, and I was thinking, like, oh, that doesn't really sound like something I'd like, so I watched the whole show, because I got so into it, and, um, it was just really good, to be honest, like, um, it was very interesting, the plot was very good, um, just 10 out of 10. (laughs) All right, and my number seven is the show On Point. Now, this is a Disney Plus original. Uh, we just actually finished watching this together. We literally finished the last episode yesterday. And as two um, dancers, ballerinas, especially two girls who have been dancing in the Nutcracker for like 10 years now, it was so inspiring to watch. I loved getting to see other dancers. Um, I loved their journey to the Nutcracker. It was just such a great show and a beautiful depiction of what ballet really is. I love that the show was kind of bringing that to mainstream media. There's not a ton of mainstream media shows about ballet, or at least not ones that depict it well. Um, For example, Tiny Pretty Things on Netflix. Um, You know, drama and good plot or whatever, but the way they depicted ballet wasn't very good at every moment. So... I liked that this show was a positive, beautiful light shined on the world of ballet. The only reason it's not higher is one, because I literally just finished watching it, so it would be unfair to shows that I've literally rewatched several times. And two, because it is a documentary and not like a um, series, like a scripted series. So, of course, that does, for some people, that's um, not, you know, they prefer shows with their scripted. So that's the only reason it's a little low on my list. But truly, truly, I recommend that series for everyone. Uh, how about your number six, Risa? My number six is Fuller House. And Kenny already talked about this. But um, this is a bit higher on my list because I've loved the show uh, since it came out. And we grew up watching Full House. Um, and I remember, I just have memories of us watching Full House when we were younger. And that was a great show. But this spinoff, a lot of spinoffs really aren't that great, to be honest. But this one was really, uh, I love this one. And I think they ended the show nicely, like Kenny said. You know, they um, wrapped it up really nicely. They didn't leave us on a cliffhanger. And they didn't um, give us an awful ending either. So I really liked this show. 
Yeah, and for me, uh, my number six was Elite. So this is a show from Netflix España. It is in Spanish, unless, of course, you can watch the dubbed versions. Highly don't recommend that. I obviously speak Spanish. If you don't speak Spanish, I do always recommend that you watch the original version and just have subtitles. That's what I do with, like, K-dramas and stuff. But anyway, Elite, and it really would have been higher up on my list if it had barely premiered this year. This year was just a new season. Great season, um... First of all, any show with Ana Paola, especially when they like focus on her so much, uh, gets a hundred A plus from me. Um, I love Dana, and you'll hear me talk about her later when I talk about music. This year was her year, for real. It's like incredible. Um, not my favorite season of the show. There was, I think, my favorite episode of the show was in this season. Not my favorite season overall, though. But the show Elite, great show. It gives you, like, the drama of, like, Riverdale, um, but a little less crazy. A little more Riverdale season one, if Riverdale season one was set in Spain and they were rich. Um, maybe a little Gossip Girl vibes in there? Anyway, Risa, what about your number five? My number five was Julie and the Phantoms. I would have never watched this show if it weren't for Kenny. I mean, I'm not joking. She had kept telling me about it for weeks and weeks. She was like, we should watch it together. You'd really like it. And I was like, uh, no, I don't know if I'll like it. Or yeah, maybe next week or something. And then I just like never saw it. But then she finally got me to watch the first episode. And I was immediately drawn to the show. I loved it so much. And I genuinely didn't think I would like it. Because it's not very similar to other shows that I really watch. Um... And it wasn't, it was popular, but it wasn't one of the, like, most popular shows that I've heard of. And But it was just really good, and Kenny and I had a great time watching it. Um, the music in that show is amazing. She has an amazing voice, but not only that, it's just, it's so catchy. And it's, you know, it's a TV show soundtrack, and TV shows don't always have the best music. But there's something about this one that's just... Really, really great. And my number five pick was Control Z or Control Z if you're speaking English. Um, this is a show um, from Mexico. There was several Mexican actors that I did recognize. Um, and the show was just really good. It definitely has that like teen drama vibes. Again, Gossip Girl vibes for sure. Um, it's almost what I believe like a modern day Gossip Girl would be like the whole technology and cyberbullying and spreading rumors but like in a good like in a really good way um it's not like cheesy or anything like that or like overly dramatic it's just a really good show um and ironically enough one of the actresses is actually leaving the show she's not returning for season two because she's going to be part of the gossip girl reboot and really this is some one of those shows that i really would compare to gossip girl but in the best way possible i love gossip girl and control zeta i think is a great show i highly recommend watching it if you get the chance to it's on netflix um and i just really like it it was just a good show overall so how about your number four pick Ree? my number four is high school musical the musical the series uh, we watched this together, and we watched it. I genuinely thought it ended in 2019, but it ended in this January. Um, it was obviously blowing up everywhere, and we, honestly, like, I heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, yeah, it's not going to be as good as the original High School Musical, but I don't know. It was really just, it was really good, and... I really liked the music, obviously, because it's from High School Musical. But so many other songs, like um, Wondering and All I Want, 
the other one that I can't think of, out of the old, that one. Um, those three songs have like just, uh, they, they give me memories of right before COVID because that was when I was really into the show and that's when, you know, everybody was still going to school and stuff. So it, it, it was a great show. And my number four is actually, it was Reese's number five, Julie and the Phantom. So very similar on that again. Um, I guess with us watching a lot of the same shows, our rankings kind of intertwined like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Julie and the Phantoms. Now, funny enough, and this is why I like having somebody with a different perspective on here, uh, Risa said that it wasn't that popular or, like, one of the most popular shows she had heard of. For my generation, though, like, college students, it was everywhere. I still get Julie and the Phantoms TikToks on my For You page all the time, and it's always, like, college students. The funny thing is, this is a show um, that is meant for children, and for some reason, college students and young adults just became obsessed with it. Um, Kenny Ortega directed it. Um, I mean, come on. Just, you can give me anything with Kenny Ortega directing it, and I'll be like, yes, masterpiece gold. But (laughs) Julie and the Phantoms, truly, the cast was great. Um, the story, like, the concept, if you try to explain it to someone, or you really think about it, you're like, that's a terrible plot. But actually watching the show, it's a pretty good plot, very interesting. It is actually, and I've talked about this before on this podcast, a remake of a Portuguese show, um, called Julie e os Fantasmas, um, but I definitely, and I've seen, like, an episode or two of the original, I definitely think that this one was, um, better, just obviously a bigger budget and stuff, and all the music is absolutely incredible, like, such good songs, um, sometimes with a soundtrack you get, like, songs you don't like, or, you know, it just sounds like a soundtrack, and this genuinely is, like, music I would listen to, so Julie and the Phantoms, number four, so good, honestly, if the number, th- the top three on my list weren't so good, Julie and the Phantoms would have been higher, so Risa, your number three, we're getting to the top three, what's your number three? Okay, uh, my number three is One Day at a Time, we watched this as a family, and it was so good, we are Hispanic, so we could relate to it, obviously. But Rita, Rita Moreno was my favorite. Um, what's her character's name? Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't expecting a question. Um, why can I not remember her name? Whatever her character's name was, she was my favorite of the whole show. Lydia. And Lydia. Lydia, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so her and then um, the younger brother was really funny. And I had actually seen him in Breakthrough, which is um, a movie. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, yeah, it was just a great show. And I, I loved it. My whole family loved it. And at first, like I said with Julie and the Phantoms, I really didn't think I was going to like it because I hadn't really heard much of it. But after I watched it, I heard, like, everybody was watching it and everybody thought it was so cool. And I was like, okay, did this just pop out of nowhere? And it was, it's just a great show. And I highly recommend you watch it um, by yourself, with your family, with your friends, who, whoever. It's a great show. And my number three is Dash and Lily. Um, this is a show that I had heard a lot about. And I knew it was a book. And I knew stuff about it but I I wasn't really interested and then I found out that Nick Jonas was the producer and that he made an appearance in it and the Jonas Brothers were in it so I was like I'm watching this I don't care if it's terrible then I watched it and it was so good like to the point where I actually asked for the book that it's based on for Christmas and I'm actually going to start reading that and it's just such a good like it's like a a rom-com but not like 
one of those rom-coms where you're like, eh, this has been done before. It was just like a cute, really cute Christmas movie. It is Christmas, so that's really sweet. Um, and I think uh, one of the things I really liked, of course, was the Jonas Brothers in it. They sang like it's Christmas, which is my favorite holiday Jonas Brothers song. Yes, they have more than one. Um, and Kevin sang. Ugh, it's always just Nick and Joe, but Kevin got a real big moment in the spotlight. Um, the show itself was just definitely, I think, one of my favorite shows of 2020, obviously, right? And I would go back and rewatch it. Probably again, I'll watch it like, I'll probably break and watch it more than this, but I'll definitely watch it again next December, like around the holidays. They are getting another season too, so that's cool. But I really, really did enjoy it, and just the overall plot was pretty good. Okay. Um, Dash and Lily is my number two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, you see, our lists are like intertwined. Yeah. So, okay. So, Kenny told me that Nick Jonas was the producer. Producer, right? Yes. That's what he was. Okay. I just heard Nick Jonas and I was like, yes, let's watch it. Um, yes, you can tell the kind of people we are. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so, then I saw um, the video that, I don't know if it was the Jonas Brothers or Nick Jonas, that had put, probably both, that posted on Instagram um a clip from the show and it was where they were singing i was like they make an appearance i have to watch this now and the overall just vibe of the whole show and christmas is my favorite time of the year i get very very into christmas and i loved this show and it really kicked off the holiday season for kenny and i because we watched it was it before thanksgiving or maybe it was right after i think we watched it thanksgiving week probably because we were watching it a lot, and I didn't have school and stuff. So, yeah, it was Thanksgiving week. Um, and that just really kicked off the holiday season for me, and I was super excited. I, I love this show. It, it's just a wow. 1,000 out of 10. <laughs> and my number two, which honestly, I think it's a really close tie with my number one, but if I had to pick, this one is number two, is um, High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is the show with the longest title in the world. <laughs> but uh, truly, this show, I, I went in with super low expectations. I was like, I'm going to hate this show. I am a fan of the original three High School Musical movies and, of course, Shark Face Fabulous Adventure, which is so underrated, by the way. Um, and I was like, as an, a fan of the originals, I just don't like this. I thought it was going to be a remake or something weird. And I ended up being obsessed. Um, and I think... I noticed that also this is another show made for kids that a lot of college students and young adults like. And um, it's just, um, I don't know, it's like it's cool because it really brings High School Musical to a new generation, but also the generation that already loves High School Musical. It's kind of still cool for them. I like a lot of the remakes of the songs they did. Some actually, believe it or not, there's some songs that I'm like, I actually like the High School Musical Musical series version better. And then, yeah, of course, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Like, when there was me and you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, when there was me and you is much better when Ricky sang it rather than um, Vanessa Hudgens. Not Ricky, Joshua Bassett. Yes, 100% agree. Um, and then there was actually songs from the High School Musical Musical soundtrack, like the original songs, not the High School Musical remakes, that were on my Spotify wrapped. That's how good they were. Um just for a moment, all I want, wondering. There's like so many original songs in this show. Um out of the old. There's so many. Um I'm trying to think of the one. Um, wondering to Jar Yeah, I said wondering. Uh, all I want. No, um it's it's the one in the cafeteria that scene Oh oh gosh. Um 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't... You're right. Like, I know which one you're thinking and of. And then there's the one with Lucas Grabiel. I can't think of the names of those. That one uh, with Lucas Grabiel is the uh, role of a lifetime. Role of a lifetime. And then there was... um. I cannot think of the other one for the life of me. But anyway, they had a lot of really good original music. They brought back Casey Stroh, who was in the first high school mu- or the first three high school musical was movies. Was Status Quo that you were thinking of? No, of course I know Status Quo. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about the one... No, an original song. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Where they're trying to save Miss Jen, like she... Oh, that one. Oh, Oh, another one is Born to be Brave. I don't know. Oh, if Born to that be one. Brave. You're right. Anyway, there was a lot of original music. They brought back Casey Stroh, Lucas Grabiel from the original movies. Um, really great show overall. Just not at all what I was expecting. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was just pleasantly surprised me. So now we're on to our number one shows of 2020. Woo! All right, Risa, kick us off with your number one. My number one was actually Kennedy's number seven is on point and i we literally just finished watching this last night and it is already my favorite show of 2020 because like she said you know you don't really get to see a lot of i guess you could say accurate ballet shows like this one and dance academy are probably the most accurate ones i've ever seen obviously because this one's a docu-series and it's actually real life and we train in Russian Vaganova, um, Vagnova. Sorry, I never get the pronunciation right. Vaganova. Vaganova? Okay, yes, I never get it right. But, um, we train in Russian style, and they train in American, um, which is Balanchine, and I've actually gotten the experience of Balanchine in a couple of intensives, but this just really taught me, um, a lot about my own dancing. I, it's really, it's really good to watch other dancers, and it's really inspiring and motivational, and this motivated me so much because I was like I am going to get turnout like them if it's the last thing I do I mean it's just an amazing show and the the people there seem so sweet like I know if I knew them in real life I'd want to be their friends so it's just, it's just a great show I loved it so much and Nutcracker uh the whole part about Nutcracker was just amazing as well and my number one show this year was One Day at a Time. First of all, that show got me through quarantine. I binge-watched every single episode during quarantine. Obviously, I was extremely mad when Netflix canceled them. Um, you don't cancel Rita Moreno. That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but I was happy when they brought them back for for another season this year. And then, of course... That season got cut short. They did their first six episodes. They were supposed to have 12. Then COVID hit. They didn't get to film the other six. And then the network was just like, you're canceled. They tried to sell to other networks, and then they got canceled officially. So I'm really sad that they got canceled. But I'm grateful that the show even existed in the first place. Um, The entire Alvarez family, um, Rita Moreno, Justina Machado, Isabela Gomez, and Marcel Ruiz, they were all incredible actors, and then their characters were incredible. The family was so relatable. Schneider is hilarious. (laughs) Dr. Berkowitz is hilarious. There's so much comedy, but there's also so many relatable family moments. They deal with so many issues, too. Um, You have, like, immigration issues and LGBTQ plus issues and... Um, they even touch on like drug issues and alcoholism issues and um, so many other issues. And it's such a good show because they're not afraid to get a little controversial, but they handle controversy in the best way possible. Um, they have such relatable characters. Um, 
And come on, Rita Moreno. Like, come on. She's a legend. She's an EGOT winner. Like, come on, people. How can you not love the show? So for me, that was the show of 2020. Um, Again, I will never, ever, ever forgive the network, which is Pop TV, by the way, for canceling them. I hope maybe it's highly unlikely. Maybe they'll get saved one more time. It seems as though the show has officially just died, though, according to everything I've heard. But that show made 2020 for me, and I'm so grateful that I got to watch it. And um, I'll rewatch it probably forever and ever and ever. And um, yeah, that was the show of 2020 for me. Uh, Risa, any final thoughts on anything or anything else you want to add or anything like that? No, I don't think so. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining me for this segment. This is a very special episode. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm glad to have had you. I think you brought a great perspective. And um, this is a great way to kick off the episode. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Alrighty, so that was a great segment with Risa, and I'm really glad we got to discuss, you know, ranking some of our favorite shows, both new shows and new seasons of shows from this year. Um, Really enjoyed that. So we are going to move on to our next segment, but before we do that, we have another uh, essential worker shout out. So this shout out is for Daria or Daria. I'm sorry, I'm definitely going to butcher your name, especially your last name. Um, I believe your last name is Krasuska, but let me spell that out in case it's not. So your last name is K-R-A-S-Z-E-W-S-K-A. You are from, uh, Daria is from Connecticut and she was nominated by Natalie Susan. So Daria, I heard that you're a first year teacher making the best accommodations for your um, students, both at home and in the classroom. So I want you to know that you're appreciated, um, that obviously your work has not been unnoticed, um, because somebody nominated you for a shout out and it's educators like you who really care and I know that you had to learn new technology this year whether that was zoom or google classroom or whatever else you had to learn to use um and you definitely probably had to reformat your lesson plans to work for students in the classroom and at home and it's just been a crazy year for educators so I just want you to know you're appreciated and um it's teachers like you that really care about students and help them to learn and to be their best selves so thank you all right so this next segment i don't have a guest for this segment this is all me so what you're used to just me here talking and you either love it or you hate it but in any case i'm doing it so this next segment like i said last year i um the whole new year episode was about movies and um TV shows of the year. So we talked about TV shows already today. Now we're going to talk about some movies. And movies this year served as a distraction from everything around us. It's been crazy, everything happening in the world. So, you know, movies, two hours, an hour and a half, or three, if it's Hamilton, am I right? Um, Definitely kept us going this year even if it was just to distract us for a bit so i was going to originally rank um my top 10 movies of this year until i realized i i i I didn't only watch nine movies this year but i only watched nine new releases this year so movies released this year um, I guess I spent a lot of time rewatching old movies but I was looking at a list of every movie that was released this year 
And that's when I realized, wow, I've only seen nine movies that were released this year. So instead of doing the top ten ranking, kind of like what I did with shows and what I'm going to do later on with music, I decided to do something a little different. And I am just um, rating, or not really rating, but yeah, kind of rating, kind of ranking, um, the nine movies that I saw this year that were released this year. So number, I'm going to start with number nine, which is for me, my least favorite, and then move all the way up to number one. Um, so let's just get right into that. So starting at number nine, I have, um, The Kissing Booth 2. Now, mm, there's not much to say here. Now, to be fair, it's a streaming service movie, lower budget. It's a sequel. Sequels don't always live up to the first movie. Um, And it just wasn't my favorite. To be fair, the first movie didn't really meet my expectations either. And I want to say that this movie actually was probably better than the first one, in my opinion. There was a new character. um, And I I think I'll probably watch the third movie. But just in general, and maybe it's just my personal opinion, although I have met quite a few people that have agreed with me, um, The Kissing Booth 2 just was not my favorite movie of the year. In fact, it was clearly my least favorite, but it is what it is. Um, And that's all I'm going to say on that one. At number eight, and honestly, I have a lot of Netflix movies on here because I guess, and a few Disney Plus as well, because I guess I really focused on streaming services this year. Obviously, I didn't have the opportunity to go to movie theater, which is really sad for me because I, especially Marvel movies, but in general, I love going to the movie theater, and that didn't happen this year. So I'm pretty sure every movie on this list is from a streaming service so i'll just say that now but anyway at number eight i have hubie halloween that was um netflix's new halloween movie with adam sandler it was a comedy um i personally did to some extent enjoy this movie i'm not gonna say it was like torture i think the kissing booth 2 at some points literally was torturous but the reason it's at this number on the list is for a few reasons number one being that it is a halloween movie so Unless you're cool with watching Halloween movies all year. It's a it's a movie for a very specific time of year. Number two being that even though I appreciated a lot of the comedy, I think that it's a very specific kind of comedy. It's very like almost slapstick comedy. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. It really isn't. So I, um, I put it at number eight. And would I watch it next Halloween? For sure. Um, did it, was there moments where I laughed for sure? Is this everybody's cup of tea? Like I said, definitely not. Um, there was a good cast as well. Um, a mix of like Disney Channel-esque actors, but then you also have like Adam Sandler. It was funny. And uh, honestly, if you like a lot of Adam Sandler's movies, it's a good movie. So, um, it's pretty low on the list, but only for those specific reasons, which are, like I said, that it's a very specific movie about, like, Halloween, and then the other reason being that it's a very specific type of humor. But other than that, I honestly can't complain too much about it. I did enjoy it. Um, at number seven, I have, um, The Princess Switch switched again, um, and I'm sorry, Netflix, that three of your movies are at the bottom of my list. Don't feel bad, um. nobody from Netflix is listening to me but either way there is a movie in my top three from Netflix so it'll make up for it anyway um Princess Switch switched again again another sequel this one with Vanessa Hudgens uh first of all the poor girl played three characters in this movie um 
there were moments where it was almost torturous to watch, and I'm sorry to be so blunt about it. It wasn't a terrible movie. Would I watch it again? Mm, not by choice, but like if somebody wanted to watch it with me, I'd be like, fine, I guess I'll watch it again. Um, I made it through the whole movie, which there are a few movies on Netflix. Sorry, Netflix. I'm not trying to hate on you. Um, there are very few, but there are a few movies on Netflix that I would definitely like never watch again, even if I was, you know, being forced to. So... Um, it's not a bad thing that I wouldn't watch it again, you know? Some of them I've never even, I didn't even get through, like, the first time. So, anyway, Princess Switch switched again. Holiday movie. Christmas movie. Not, I actually did, I'll, I'll be honest, I really enjoyed the first movie. I know some people didn't even enjoy the first one. It's just the sequel. I feel like they just, I feel like it was forced. I feel like they just wanted a sequel. I get it. Sequels make money or whatever. But... I felt a little forced. Um, Vanessa Hudgens playing three characters was a bit over the top. Not my favorite thing in the world. And I don't know. It just wasn't. There was a lot of like um, plot development that it lacked. There were certain things that they kind of just mentioned something. Like, um, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it. The um, One of the couples in the movie like broke up. And they kind of just mentioned that they broke up and then kind of forced them back together but they never really unfold that plot of why they really broke up and you know kind of that development that the plot needed so yeah number seven again if i was forced to watch it again i would watch it again wasn't terrible did like the first movie this one just really wasn't for me at number six we have trolls world tour now i have to make a confession i never saw the first trolls movie um, but my family wanted to see this one. This was, I think, possibly, I'm not sure if it was this movie or Hamilton. No, that's a lie. Never mind. But this was one of the first movies that I saw this year. Um, for what it is, it's a children's movie. It's an animated movie. Not bad, actually. Quite entertaining. I'm kind of at that stage. I mean, if it's Disney, I love it. But anything else, which Trolls is not Disney, I kind of am at that stage where I'm like, ugh, this is annoying. It's childish. But this movie kept my attention throughout. So it's not just for kids. I mean, I enjoyed it. it I'm not saying it's like, oh my gosh, my favorite movie ever. Definitely not. But it kept me captivated throughout so to keep an adult captivated for a kid's movie to do that pretty good points there um but i think for me what really put this movie in numbers at number six as opposed to like like lower three on the list is that um it the music the music was so good and i like that there was all different genres of music something that i really liked is that um we had some latin pop in there we had um J Balvin's Mi Gente, uh, one of my favorite songs, and there was some K-pop also, really cool, um, obviously K-pop has a huge following, but as far as, like, in mainstream U.S. movies and stuff like that, there's not a lot of K-pop being included, so that was cool, I really just enjoyed the, um, I think more than anything, more than, like, maybe even, like, the plot itself or anything like that, um, I enjoyed all the music, and I guess because this is a movie from Universal, um, which is affiliated, of course, with Universal Music. Um, they had access to more music as opposed to other um, movie studios. So that was pretty cool. Um, like I said, was the plot itself like the most engaging? I mean, it kept me entertained, no doubt. It wasn't like the best plot in the world. But the music itself, I would watch the movie again purely for that reason. And number five, we have Onward. 
from Disney. Um, this is a Pixar movie. Pixar, right? Yeah, I think it is. Um, it's definitely Disney. This was on Disney+. Plus. Uh, first of all, I appreciated that it was free because it was... Um, I think the movie theaters closed like one week after this came out. So not many people got to see it. But I like that they did put it on Disney Plus for free. Or not free, but you got it with your Disney Plus subscription as opposed to having to pay another fee to watch it. Um, I think it was a good movie. And I maybe I'm biased. I love Disney. You guys know this. If I'm not talking about Marvel, I'm talking about Disney all day long on my podcast all the time. So Onward was good. It had a nice little message. It was sweet. It's not my favorite Pixar movie of all time. And honestly, it's hard to beat. I think my favorite Pixar movie came out in like 2004. So it's, you know, it's hard to beat. Um, It's not, honestly, it's not even one of my top three Pixar movies. But it was a good movie. Good message. Pixar tends to do that. Disney tends to do that in general. Um, Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, you know, well-known voice actors, um, specifically Marvel actors. So I liked it. Um, you know, there are some sad moments. There were some funny moments. Um, it's just a typical good little Disney story. I'm not saying it was my favorite in the world, but it definitely wasn't my least favorite. So that's got to count for something, right? Um, at number four, we have To All the Boys I Loved Before, um, two, the sequel called P.S. I Love You. Um... And this movie, it was good. It was obviously in my top four of this year. So, I mean, I only saw nine movies this year. So, take that however you want. But um, it, it wasn't as good as the first movie. I have to say that. I do have to say that. Um, in the first movie, Lara Jean was one of my favorite characters. She was very um, relatable. She seemed authentic. She was one of the few characters that I watched in a movie or a show. And I really felt like, wow, that seems like a genuine, real person, not just a character. Um, in this sequel, however, still one of my favorite characters, but no longer my favorite. Um, however, what made up for it was Jordan Fisher um, as John Ambrose, um, who was like the third person in this love triangle of Lara Jean and Peter Kavinsky, and then we got John Ambrose, um, I don't know, I just loved his character, at first, when I found out that, um, Jordan Fisher was gonna be playing this character, even though he's one of my favorite actors, um, I was kind of like, really? I don't see it, but he really embodied the character, just like in the book, I'm, and obviously, there's a lot to live up to when a movie is based on a book. And in some aspects, this movie did live up to it. and others, it didn't. Um, there was characters that grew on me. Um, Chris, who's Lara Jean's best friend. She kind of... I really enjoyed her in this movie as opposed to in the first one. There were good scenes. Um, so, in some aspects, I did... There was growth from the first movie. And that's a good thing. In other aspects, though, I really kind of missed um specifically like Lara Jean's um character I felt like it did change a little bit from the first movie but overall it wasn't terrible I definitely would watch it again um however if I obviously if I had the choice to watch the first one or the second one I would choose the first one in a heartbeat the first one is one of my favorite movies ever the second one is not one of my favorite movies ever but it's not a bad movie um and yeah it it definitely makes up it's number four on my list so I'm sorry Netflix that you had the three lo- three last ones on my list seven eight and nine but you also have a number four and there's a number well i won't tell you what number yet but um see not every netflix movie was terrible this year and i'm sorry to keep kind of just really insulting netflix but i do love netflix and um 
you know, obviously, um, if you heard me talking about my shows earlier, I do love Netflix. But yeah, um, good movie. Um, I think as a standalone movie, it's really good. As a sequel, it lacked a little bit. But overall, I would watch it again. At number three, and it was very, very hard decision. Like, I feel like almost my top three movies are, like, tied. Three-way tie. But if I had to pick, this is my order. So at number three, I have Hamilton. Now, technically, this is not a movie. It is a musical. But they made it into a movie for Disney+, Plus, which was so exciting with Broadway being closed this year. Not that I planned on going to any Broadway shows this year because New York is quite, quite a way away from me. But, um... It was nice that with Broadway being closed, they put Hamilton on Disney+. And I've heard rumors that some of the other Disney musicals, um, maybe Frozen, maybe Aladdin, maybe Lion King, are coming to Disney+, Plus soon as well. So that's exciting. But Hamilton, what's the... I, I don't even know what to say about it, honestly. Like, y'all know. Like, I can't even say anything bad about it. Like, the music, like, the acting... The, sh- the, ugh, the show is just so good. The staging, the costuming, the choreography. I could go on and on and on all day about it. Um, also, I did, like, learn some historic, or historical, like, history. Yes, historical history. I just said that. Um, I did learn some history from it. So, educational, entertaining, check, check, check. Um, plus, I'm just a sucker for Broadway shows, so A+, plus, A+, plus, A+, plus to Hamilton. Alright, at number two, we have Feel the Beat. Now, this is a Netflix movie, so Netflix, you got the number two movie here, so don't be mad at me, okay? Um, Feel the Beat. Now, I really like the actress Sophia Carson. Um, you know, I saw her on Descendants, I saw her on Soy Luna back in the day, I saw her on, you know, different stuff that she did, um... I'm trying to think where else. Um, I guess her music. Just different stuff. I'm a huge fan of her. Um, of course, I love a good Latina. And um, Feel the Beat. I watched it because of her. I watched it because it was a dance movie. But I went in. Oh, and also because of Jordan Fisher. Because, come on, Jordan Fisher. But I went in with very low expectations, honestly. And it's, it's not because it's Netflix. I know it's become a joke right now, but I I just went in with low expectations because, I don't know, the trailer just made it look a little cheesy. And maybe it was a little cheesy, but in the good way, like in the best way possible. This movie, though, far, far exceeded my expectations. It was funny. There were, like, some sad moments. There was a lot of comedy, um, but, like cheesy but like in the best way possible comedy and it was a dance movie so if you guys don't already know I've been a dancer for so many years that I don't know there was like relatable moments there was really funny moments um my favorite thing was that Sophia Carson's character kind of said things that everybody wishes especially if you've ever like been an assistant teacher or something at a dance studio you just really wish you could tell kids that and her character really just said what we all think sometimes so I really did like that it was just so funny and I guess, and again, maybe it's because I went in with such low expectations. Um, I'm a little surprised they put this above Hamilton on the list, but I couldn't resist, honestly. And maybe it's not for everyone, but in my opinion, it was one of the funniest movies I've seen. And I've talked to a few people who saw it, and it was such a funny movie, such, especially if you're a dancer, like, relatable, but, like, obviously not relatable. It's just, like, the stuff you want to say, but you never say. But great movie overall. Um, and at number one, we have Milan. Now, look, 
I'm not going to lie. When Disney Plus told me I had to pay $30 to watch it, I was like, $30? Like, okay, yeah, okay, granted, if I had gone to the movie theater and everyone who watched it with me had gone with me, we would have paid more than $30. But, like, for a little bit, I was like, are you kidding me? You're making me pay $30 to watch this movie. I already paid for Disney Plus. But, gosh, was it worth it. I probably would have paid up to $50. Nobody tell Disney Plus that because they will raise their prices. But I definitely would have paid more for it after having seen it. Um... It was, it was, like, just such a good movie. Um, I, I didn't know how they would do this. I, I feel like the live action remakes are not always as very good. But I was pleasantly surprised by this particular live action remake. It was just, um, I don't know. It was just, it's just so good. Like, I don't even know what to say, honestly. Um, yeah, I, like I said, not much to say because I just can't even put into words. But it was a beautiful movie. Um, not just plot-wise, which it was. Not just music-wise, but like cinematically. Just the colors, the costuming, the whole um, visual aspect of it was beautiful. So overall, I think that was definitely my favorite movie of the year. Now... Those were the nine movies I saw this year ranked. And look, am I disappointed I didn't see more than nine movies? Again, I, I definitely did. But like movies I've already seen are movies that weren't released this year. But am I disappointed I didn't see more than nine movies that were released this year? For sure. Um, is it understandable? Because the movie theater was closed. Also, for sure. Um, I'm also very disappointed that Black Widow didn't come out this year like it was supposed to. And that all the Marvel movies have kind of been rearranged because of that. But, you know, hopefully next year, next year, we're, we're going to see more movies. I am making it my mission as of now. And hopefully it's not just on demand or at home. Hopefully it's at the theater too. But I'm making it my mission to see more than nine movies. Um, and in next year's New Year special, hopefully I'll be ranking at least, at least 15, 20 movies that I saw. Maybe I won't rank every movie I saw next year, but... Hopefully, I'll be able to say I watched 15, 20 or more movies. Um, and hopefully, more movies will come out next year. I'm looking forward to the Marvel releases next year. I believe we're getting... I know for sure Black Widow. I believe we're getting Eternals. I believe we're getting Spider-Man. Which, by the way, I'm so hyped for. And I believe there might be one more. So, that's at least three movies I'll watch next year. But, yeah, that's that's my ranking of all the movies I saw this year. Alrighty, so for this next segment, I have a special guest here. He's been on the podcast before, my Uncle Mark. Say hello. Hello, everybody, otherwise known as DJ Banker Beats. Now, this next segment is going to be all about music, and it's going to be very similar to the segment I did with Risa and the other segment I did of ranking movies or ranking songs of 2020. However, before we do that, now something you may or may not know is that um, we are doing... Um, shout outs to essential workers um and this whole episode is dedicated to essential workers for everything they did this year and i had people um nominate on my facebook page and different other places uh, essential workers for shout outs and we actually um had three people nominate you oh, wow. so um let me just for, first of all i was the first person of course i was planning on giving you a shout out anyway but then uh risa who was on the podcast earlier um 
also nominated you, and then um, your wife, my aunt, Sylvia Hernandez, also nominated you. And so we just wanted to um, shout you out. So you're a banker, and um, you helped give a lot of PPP loans this year. Your company made over $10 million in loans to help local businesses during the pandemic. So that's a big thing. And um, this whole episode, like I said, is about recognizing people whose work they may have felt got, went unrecognized this year. But we do have a special message here from uh, Thea Sil, from your wife. And it says, thank you for your personal and professional dedication to helping small businesses succeed throughout this difficult time. So on behalf of all the listeners and everybody who nominated you for the shout out, we just want to say thank you. And your work was not... Um, Un, um, unnoticed this year. Well, thank you very much to everybody. I, I really do appreciate it. I am a uh, proponent of small businesses. Uh, as a financier in the local market, uh, you know, it, it pains me to see when businesses close down. And uh, this past year was no exception. Um, you know, it was a very difficult year for businesses over various uh, industries. And uh, we were no exception to the rule here in our area. Uh, we were heavily hit with uh, a lot of business closures as a result of the pandemic. And um, my business, um, uh, as, a, as a banker uh, for, can I say the name? Uh, if, yeah, if yeah, for, for uh, Navy Army Community Credit Union, uh, we did our fair share of the uh, SBA-sponsored PPP loans and uh, we were able to fund uh, over $10 million in loans to local businesses for the help to help them uh, stay afloat and to stay open during the, uh, during the pandemic. So yeah, major shout out to you and everybody that you work with. And now we're gonna get into the next segment, which is, uh, like I said, we're ranking, uh, we each have 10 songs from this year or more or less this year. Um, some of them are end of 2019, but we probably heard them in, 2020 um and we're gonna do the same thing we've been doing throughout the whole episode so we ranked earlier we ranked shows with risa i ranked movies now we're ranking music uh we're gonna go backwards starting with our number 10 and working our way up to number one song uh i want to say my music is generally a lot of pop uh mostly latin pop we've got you know English and U.S. pop as well. A little bit of K-pop on here even, which um, I was a little surprised, but then I was looking at some of the songs and I was like, oh, wait, I do love that song. Uh, do you want to tell us like more or less what your, if there is a general like genre of music, what you would well, say? Well, you know, you know me. Uh, I am uh, kind of a cross-genre guy. Uh, I like a little bit of everything from country to classical to pop to rock, uh, even reggae. Uh, Latino music as well, uh, reggaeton, uh, I'm into Tejano, uh, so it's a little bit of everything, but my list uh, for this year, uh, the, what I found myself listening more to was a little bit of, bit, a little bit of pop, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock. Awesome, so we're just going to start, uh, the way I did this with Risa is she kind of... Um, Started with her number 10, then I gave my number 10, then 9, and so forth. So since you're the guest, you can go ahead and start. You want to just kind of tell us what your number 10 is and then kind of talk about it a little bit. Sure. So I have a tie. And I'm sorry, but I do have a tie for number 10. And it and it's kind of may or may not make sense to anybody. But to me, it's just I found myself listening to these particular songs quite a bit in 2020. 
and they didn't even grow on me. They, from the minute I heard the songs, I knew these songs were hits, and in my book, they were definitely going to make my top lists. So the tie for number 10 that I have is Golden by Harry Styles and Why We Drink by Justin Moore. So on one hand, we have pop. On the other hand, we have country. Like I say, I'm a little bit of everything all mixed up to one, in one. And I don't believe that anybody can actually be just one single genre of music. There's so many styles. There's so much good material out there. And the artists are nowadays putting out some really, really amazing things. 2020 did see a little bit of a slowdown, but... You know, as a result, I did cross over into different genres and and that but for number ten, these were the the, the number ten songs that I were uh, that I was uh, listening to this past year. All right, and my number ten is um and I want to say a little disclaimer first. Uh, I like you mentioned Harry Styles. I have a Harry Styles song on here. It's not golden. Golden almost made my list, but the reason it didn't is because I tried to, there's some several artists that I liked a lot of their music this year, but I tried to only put one song from every artist. So anyway, my number 10 is Cardigan by Taylor Swift. Now, in all honesty, it's not like the greatest song, and that's probably why it was my number 10. But Taylor Swift released two albums this year, and whether you like her music or not, I think you have to admit that Taylor Swift is probably going to be one of the biggest artists of this generation. Um, she really, even the last decade, she was like a defining artist. Um, her ability, her lyrics, her ability to create music with like hidden messages, and then just releasing two albums this year during a global pandemic, um, is absolutely insane. So, um, if I had to pick a favorite song from those two albums, I definitely would choose Cardigan, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. So you want to tell me your number nine now? Sure. My number nine is All Country All the Way. It's God's Country by Blake Shelton. And I think with a lot of what we saw this past year, uh, a lot of the divisiveness that's been going on in our country over the past year, two years or so, um, you know, this 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 song kind of puts things into perspective. You know, me being a man of faith and the things that I believe in tend to lean to the conservative side. This song really puts things into perspective for me. And my number num- number nine song is Hawaii by Maluma. Um, Maluma had a new album this year, and honestly, I liked a lot of the songs on that album. It was hard to choose one, but I think Hawaii is just like a good song. Good it's got choice. good vibes. I just really enjoyed the sound in general. But honestly, I, I would have picked other songs from Maluma's album if it wasn't, you know, I'm trying to only do one song from each artist, which I did kind of cheat a little, but we'll get into that later. Um, so yeah, I think that was number nine for me. Um, I definitely, there were songs I liked more this year, but, um, it was just a really good song. So I, I wanted to have it on the list. Well, number okay. eight. My number eight song is, um, sticking with country for this. I did, I did a, a lot of barbecuing this past year because I didn't do a lot of barbecuing the previous year. So, uh, when I do that, I, 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 I turn on my country music and turn my pit on and uh, and I, I discovered new music this year, and uh, my number eight song is One Margarita by Luke Bryan. And for me, number eight is How You Like That by Blackpink. Um, I'm not one to really listen to a lot of K-pop. Um, my best friend, Ana Marcela, she listens to a ton of K-pop, but I, I, I do find myself liking several of Blackpink's songs. 
Um, and I think this one specifically, um, as well as their collaboration with Selena Gomez that they did this year, were, was one of my favorite songs that they did, and it's just upbeat. It's one of those songs that makes you want to dance or like sing along. Um, and for me, I think the definition of a good song is a song that makes me like want to dance to it or want to sing to it, and this song definitely does that. Um, so yeah, that's why I put that on the list. Cool. My number seven song is When It Rains, It Pours by Luke Combs, sticking again with the country theme. And uh, the first time I saw this song, it popped up as a video on my YouTube feed, and uh, I loved it instantaneously. I played it after that. My wife loves the video. I think it's a hilarious video. Luke Combs has a great voice. I love his music. I love his material. And this song just really stuck out to me this year. And my number seven choice is, um, speaking of videos and popping up as videos, I actually saw this music video first. It's Girl Like Me by Black Eyed Peas and Shakira. And uh, the video is just really cool. I just really liked, um, there's actually a part of the choreography from that video of Shakira dancing that became like popular on TikTok. And I really liked the video at first, and it's not that I didn't like the song, it's just that's what captivated me. And lately, though, I found myself, like, really getting into the song as well. So, um, and you know, I, well, I haven't talked, later on in the episode, I'll be talking a little bit about Shakira, you'll figure out why later. But, um, so I think Shakira was, like, a big artist this year, and I think that song, specifically collaborating with the Black Eyed Peas and the whole video, was just so, so good. Great. My number six song, I'm going to stick with my man, Luke Combs. Love his material, like I said. And uh, probably uh, next to uh, a couple of other groups, uh, he's probably one of my top three favorite country artists. And so my number six song is Beer Never Broke My Heart by Luke Combs. And my number six song is kind of like a two for one thing. It's Patti and Lonely by JLo and Maluma. Um, they did a kind of like a double collaboration, and the reason I counted as kind of one song is because even though it's two separate songs, they did release like one video for it, and they came out at the same time and everything. And I think it was just a great collaboration. J Lo was another artist that really defined this year, I think. And uh, first of all, also another thing is music videos really captivate me, and um, that video in particular, it's like watching a telenovela in the span of a music video. It's a great. Story too. I kind of like the way they use the song to kind of tell a story. So I definitely wanted to add that song into the list. Great. That's good. All good choices. My number five song, also an instantaneous hit with me. Uh, from day one when I heard it, I practically learned the, the lyrics to it and sang them in my head and then just belted it out. Uh, first time I played it for my wife when I was in the backyard cooking something up. She started singing it just right off the bat as well. My number five song is Knockin' Boots by Luke Bryan. And my number five song is Rain On Me by Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. And I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. When this song first came out, I was not a fan of it. Not that I didn't like it. It just wasn't a song that I liked. Um, however, throughout the year, it really grew on me. I think um, there was a performance that they did of it. I want to say... 
I forgot what award show I am not going to say it because I probably am going to get it wrong. But and it started to grow on me then. And I think it's just really catchy. And now I actually really do like the song. And I think I, I love Lady Gaga. Um, Ariana Grande has some really good songs, too. So them collaborating. I think this was a, really a year of strong collaborations. As probably you've noticed, a lot of these songs on my list are collaborations. In fact, I think every song from this point on is a collaboration. So I think just strong collaborations were a big thing this year. And that's why this song really was just something I enjoyed this year. That's terrific. I'm going to switch gears now. This shows a little bit of my cross-genre nature. So my number four song was Under the Graveyard by Ozzy Osbourne. I found myself listening to this song, another instantaneous hit in my mind and in my heart. Ozzy Osbourne is one of those classic heavy metal rock artists that always comes up with good, timeless music, and this is going to be one for the record. Uh, this one's going to go down in the history books as one of his big hits, and this past year he did a great job with putting this out in a good collaboration with other well-known artists, um, uh, uh, Duff McKagan and uh, Chad Watt, I believe his name. There's a couple other uh, uh, guys that he did this collaboration with. That's an excellent, excellent hit. And for me, number four is Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, and specifically the remix with um, Rosalia. And like I said, a year of strong collaborations, and this song on its own would have made the list, but I really enjoy the remix with Rosalia. It gives it a new kind of twist to the song. The song blew up on TikTok as well. I feel like if a song blows up on TikTok, at least this year, you know it's a big song. So, um... Yeah, I really, again, the song on its own, great. The song with Rosalia, just a new level. So I obviously needed to have it on the list. Great. My number three song. And kind of shifting gears here again. My number three song, a song that stuck out to me. Uh, I love this song. It makes me meditate. It makes me think about things. And uh, you listen to the lyrics and it takes you away. If you ever watch the video, you can almost place yourself uh it, it is from a uh, movie soundtrack but um my my third favorite song this past year was hard sun by eddie vetter and for me number three song we're getting to the top three so these are like some of the best songs of the year um watermelon sugar by harry styles now in all honesty you could probably interchange any song from harry styles album with this one and i would still keep it at number three um it was kind of difficult to choose one song. I just feel like Watermelon Sugar, though, was um, kind of the biggest song from the album, the number one song. Um, it was the uh, leading single leading up to the album. And I think Harry Styles just really released a strong album this year. Um, and Watermelon Sugar was just that one song that if you ask anybody, even if they're not a Harry Styles fan, like, oh, what song from the album did you like? And they'll be like, or do you know of even? And they'll name that song. So um, it was it was a hard choice to pick just one, but I had to ultimately decide on Watermelon Sugar. Great. So that's a great song, by the way. I do like that one. Didn't make my top 10, but I do like that song. Um, my number two song. After years of silence and putting out only remastered versions of their own songs, uh, my number two song is Shot in the Dark by ACDC. Brand new song, new material, and then to have come out during the pandemic, 
Props to ACDC for putting out that song. It's great, great material from that band. And my man, Angus. And my number two song is No Baile Sola by Dana Paola and Sebastian Yatra. And first of all, um, and I talked about Dana Paola earlier when I was talking about TV shows. And this was literally her year. Um, she literally could have released an album with every song she released in quarantine alone. Not even this year, but just during the quarantine. And um, this was literally her year. And then Sebastián Yatra had a ton of great music this year as well. So this was one of those collaborations, like I said, that just was so strong. They came with like an amazing song. This song literally makes me want to sing, makes me want to dance. I could listen to it nonstop. It's one of those songs that you like would never get tired of. And to be quite honest, it almost made it to number one for me. My number one was still just had that little bit more for me that pushed it over the edge. But this song is just one of my favorite songs of this year. Um, so now, number one song. We're going to be talking about our number one song of the year for us. So go ahead and... Drum roll. I'm rather particular about my music, and I'll be very honest with you. I respect artists more, not just for their vocal abilities, but also when they are musically inclined with an instrument, um, when you're a lyricist as well and a writer, uh, I think the true make of an artist is when uh, you have the talent to not only write the songs, sing them, and also play the instruments for your songs. That is why one of my all-time favorite artists is Dave Grohl for his abilities in bringing magic into our world with his talent, music, writings, and his words, and just everything that he does with his Foo Fighters, absolutely amazing. And so as a result, though it wasn't the Foo Fighters, it is their material, my number one song for this past year was Times Like These by Live Lounge All-Stars. Oh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Then? Well, so what it is was... Um, they took the Foo Fighters song, Times Like These, and they slowed it down. And there's several stars that are popular nowadays. I know some uh, Dua Lipa, I think, was in it and some other stars from other groups that collaborated and put the, together this video and did this song together uh, to Foo Fighters rendition of the, the song Times Like These in a slowed down sort of acoustic version. And man, it is just absolutely amazing. And I think because of what we went through with this pandemic and everything that our country had been through to this year, this song just really hits a note with everything that was going on and, and actually uh, makes you think and reflect about uh, the times that we're living in. Yeah, perfect song for this year and really awesome video too. You're the one who showed that to me and really cool. So for me, my number one song, and maybe it's not a surprise to anyone because I'm a little biased, but it is X by the Jonas Brothers and Karol G. Uh, Y'all know I talk about the Jonas Brothers almost every episode as well as other things, Disney and other stuff. You guys really need to tell me to get new topics to talk about. But anyway, I'm a huge Jonas Brothers fan. And um, X was, they. I think they released three songs this year. It was Five More Minutes, which is the song that they released actually at the Grammys. Great song as well. 
it was uh, I Need You Christmas, great Christmas song. But of the three songs, X was just the song I literally listen to almost every day. It makes me want to sing. It makes me want to dance. It has a great video. Um, Karol G, her verse in the song just really makes it even better. Um, the beat is great. Everything about it is just a great song. And like I said, songs that I'll never get tired of, that's one of them. And of course, like I said, Jonas Brothers, how could they not make this list? So... That is my top 10 songs as well as your top 10 songs. Good job. I really enjoyed this. It made me think about the year. It made me reflect on what has happened. Bring this year to an end and in hopes of a better, better year for next year. I wish everybody the best. God's blessings on everyone. And uh, musicians and artists, keep cranking out that good material. And I can't wait to get back to live shows. And, uh, yeah, that's this segment. Uh, don't worry, there's still one more segment left. I'm actually counting down the top three pop culture moments of 2020. Um, before we do that, I have some more shout-outs. And, again, I just want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for um, joining us and um, for giving us kind of a little different perspective than, you know, what my music is. So thank you for being on the show again. You're very welcome. God bless you all. All right, so our last guest um, actually has sent in their own nomination for um, an essential worker shout out so um, Mark Hernandez nominated Gilbert Ortiz who's a general manager for the largest grocery store chain in Texas and he nominated him for his tireless efforts in helping his community during these trying times of the past year and um, for his management style and hard work ethic that helped many stores stay open and serve those most in need in the community. So wanted to give a major shout out and um, say that you are appreciated for all your work. Like I said, this is for the silent heroes of 2020 and everything that you do. Even though sometimes your work may have gone unnoticed, um, just know that it was definitely noticed. And that's why we're giving these shout outs today. So that is... Um, awesome everything that you did and uh, on behalf of all my listeners and everybody else we want to say thank you this next segment is just me again no guests and this is actually the last segment of the show although I do have like a whole closing and like another shout out and stuff like that but this is the last like segment of the show so this is just me like i said and i'm counting down my top three moments of 2020 now this is a pop culture podcast so of course these are pop culture moments and they're just my personal picks um you know you might have different opinions i'm not saying these are everyone's top three moments i'm just saying in my opinion i think you'll all probably agree with my number one but two and three are up for debate and um if you have a different opinion i would love to hear your top three pop culture moments anchor.fm slash kennedy c there you can send me listener messages and you can tell me your top three moments pop culture moments of 2020 but here are mine so at number three i have the disney family sing-alongs now disney did i believe like four different family sing-alongs this year and basically what those were were kind of just something to cheer people up especially the first ones because they were like 
you know, right during quarantine and the beginning of the pandemic and all of that. And it was just celebrities from home um, singing Disney songs. And it's like a sing-along. They had lyrics on the screen if you wanted to sing along. Now you guys know I love Disney. And I, like I said, this is definitely one that's up for debate. But in my own personal opinion, I love Disney. And I think these sing-alongs were something great. Um, They were kind of one of the first, like, televised things that I saw um, of people doing from home. Of course, people were doing, like, Instagram lives and stuff like that. I think these were the first, like, televised, like, from home events. Um, And Disney has a way of making people happy and bringing joy. And I think what I really liked about these sing-alongs were, you know, they were just exciting and they brought joy and, and, a little bit of happiness to people this year um disney didn't really do their parade that they usually do on christmas which is something that i look forward to watching every year but what they did do was um a holiday family sing-along so i did enjoy that um the very first sing-along was probably the most exciting for me they had um the cast of high school musical back together not Zac efron he like made an appearance but he didn't sing with them but um the cast of high school musical back together and with the cast of high school musical the musical the series which you guys know is like one of my favorite shows um they got together and they sang we're all in this together it was a really cool moment especially whether you're like the new series or even especially if you're a fan of the original movies like me so I loved that moment and I think that's what made the first thing along so special for me um so that was definitely like one of the biggest moments of the year for me I also liked the um performances I think Derek and Julianne Huff did performances in almost every single Disney family sing-along and honestly they're such a dynamic sibling duo um they're dancing they're singing they're like triple threats for sure so um yeah that was number three pop culture moment for me of the year um just like I said happiness disney singing dancing fun um in the middle of a pandemic it can be hard to kind of distract yourself um and especially like i said that first one that was right at the beginning of quarantine um one helped us to overcome boredom at least if it was just for an hour to have you know that cool reunion of the high school musical cast even though they weren't really together in person but virtually they were together um which there was a lot of reunions of shows casts and movie casts this year which is another thing i really liked but anyway disney family sing-alongs my number two of the top three pop culture moments of 2020 were the 2020 grammys i cannot talk today um those were hosted by alicia keys um who i think was a phenomenal host she Um, she's able to be funny, but she's not one of those hosts that's, like, solely just, like, relying on comedy, especially because the Grammys are more of a serious award show compared to some other ones. This was also, I think, one, if not the last, one of the last award shows before the pandemic and before everything was canceled and now we're slowly getting back into award shows but they're without audiences. So this was kind of, like, the last normal award show of the year. Of course, Whenever you have the Jonas Brothers perform anywhere, of course, you know, I am going to be obsessed. So um, the Jonas Brothers performed. Um, This was the first time we heard their new song or one of their new songs from this year, which is Five More Minutes. Um, I mean, just seeing them on stage, I think it's like their only, well, no, they did like a virtual concert. But this was like their one of their few moments together on stage performing this year. Um, So, you know, Jonas Brothers 
Alicia Keys hosting. Um, Camila Cabello had a beautiful tribute to her father. Um, that was really emotional and really beautiful to watch. Um, Billie Eilish performed. Um, you know, I think Billie Eilish is great. Her and Phineas performed. I think they're another awesome sibling duo. Um, and she also won a ton of awards. And I just think any celebration of music or movies or television or anything pop culture related is amazing. Um, obviously, having this podcast and just in general, I love pop culture. And I think um, the Grammys was just a great celebration of music. Um, and I don't know, just something I really enjoyed watching this year. Maybe it's because, like I said, it was... Um, one of the few normal moments of this year but you know throw in the Jonas Brothers and a bunch of other artists and of course it's amazing I think Ariana Grande also performed um her sets were amazing um she her, her of course her singing and her talent but I really like the staging and the sets and the choreography they did for that performance so overall I just think the fact that they were able to celebrate music that it was a normal moment in 2020 um that so many amazing artists were together and there was some great great performances another one was Demi Lovato um her voice is just amazing it was so emotional so raw um I believe it was her first performance since she got out of rehab and obviously she's doing better now and I think just in general the Grammys had so many great performances meaningful ones like I said Camila Cabello had that tribute to her father and Demi Lovato just talking about overcoming um you know rehab and everything and it just a great show overall very well done um I think it was just a fun, happy moment this year, and um, I love music, it's celebrating music, and I don't know, that that just for me was like the number two moment of this year, but the number one pop culture moment of this year for me, are you ready, are you ready, was, and come on, this is like the other two, you can argue with me, you can debate about it, I could change my answers if you're really convinced me, but this number one there's no changing it for me like this was this was 2020 this was the moment the moment was this okay i'm getting overhyped about it again and i talked about it when after right after it happened on this podcast but gosh j-lo and shakira's super bowl halftime performance first of all first of all i don't even know where to start okay wow i'm getting overwhelmed um wow Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm serious this time. Um, first of all, just having um two Latinas on stage together at such a major event, um, was absolutely amazing. Absolutely inspiring. Um, and not just for Latinas. I know I'm a Latina, and so obviously it means a lot to me. But for any minority, just to see a minority up there, um, you know, to see children of immigrants or immigrants up there and just absolutely a phenomenal moment um i don't think any super bowl halftime performance will ever top this um there was there's been some great ones lady gaga one of my faves um katie perry with that left shark i mean who could forget that right um i'm trying to think oh Coldplay with beyonce and bruno mar or was it bruno no yeah, Bruno Mars. Um, I think so. There, like, there's been some great ones, but this one, 
is by far the best Super Bowl performance that ever happened. And the fact that it happened in 2020, I saw a lot of jokes and memes about how it was the closing ceremony of the earth, which is hilarious. But um, also just a great moment to remember, like, hey, something great happened in 2020. Like, yeah, the Olympics were canceled. And yeah, we were quarantined for months and stuff. But J-Lo and Shakira performed together at the Super Bowl. Maybe maybe the world was like, or like the universe was like, nothing can top that it's all downhill from there i'm just kidding of course but um it was just a phenomenal performance first of all shakira's insanely talented um her dancing is incredible her ability to sing in like so many different languages first of all the woman speaks six languages and she's saying in like three so um i speak like two languages and sometimes i forget words in both um so that's amazing she played the drums I believe she played the guitar at one point as well. Like, she just does it all. And then her costume, like, okay, J-Lo had, like, two costume changes, which were both great, by the way. But Shakira changed, like, five times. And it's, like, the same outfit, but she just kept transforming it into new outfits. And, like, that's on her costume designer, like, A-plus to her costume designer. But also, like, wow. Just, like, the concept, the idea, everything was phenomenal. Um, And then, of course, J-Lo... I love Jennifer Lopez. I saw her in concert. I'm obsessed. I know it was, she was a bit much for some people. I know a lot of people were like, whoa, 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 what's happening? This is the Super Bowl. Keep it PG. But for me, I was like, yes, queens. Um, J-Lo, she's a little bit of that pole dancing that she learned from Hustlers, um, which obviously takes a lot of athleticism. Um, she, Her daughter, she had her daughter with her. Her daughter saying a little... Um, emery is her is that her daughter's name emery i think it is um she i I, when she was on tour when i saw her in concert her daughter was with her as well phenomenal voice such a young girl but of course obviously look at who her parents are of course she's talented um and you know um oh also j-lo making that like political statement um with the flag on uh, puerto rico on one side and then on the other side the u.s flag like to remind people that like puerto rico is part of the u.s just amazing performance overall um at the end when i believe it was let's get loud is the song that j-lo and shakira sang together it was like the coolest thing in the world for me um they were uh, j-lo was wearing like a silver outfit and shakira was wearing a gold outfit might have been the other way around don't quote me on that but that moment was like just the coolest moment in the world um and then uh, J Balvin and Barma Bunny making an appearance, like I said earlier, Mi Gente, one of my favorite songs, um, and they sang a little part of Mi Gente, which was super cool, um, and yeah, like, overall, that just had to be the moment of this year, like, it kicked off the year, and yeah, it wasn't a great year, we can all agree, but that moment, like, kicked off the year with a bang, and like, yeah, okay, it went downhill from there, but, like, we got that moment, y'all. Like, can you hear me snapping here? I'm probably disturbing your ears if you're wearing headphones, but, yeah, number one pop culture moment of this year, definitely J-Lo and Shakira's Super Bowl performance. I heard, I believe, The Weeknd is the performer for the 2021 Super Bowl. He's got a lot to live up to. Don't know if he'll live up to that. Or, he'll? Is, are they a band? Is it just one guy? I feel like The Weeknd's just one guy. Either way, a lot to live up to. But, like wow i think i will literally never forget that i also i feel like every time i was like sad this year i just put that performance on on youtube and i was like this this just brings me serotonin it makes me happy okay like y'all don't even understand i could talk about that moment like for the rest of the century like wow 
just like think about it can we just take a moment to remember j-lo and shakita at the super bowl okay well anyway that was the top three moments of 2020 for me and now i've got one last shout out um before we kind of conclude this episode all right before we kind of get to the conclusion of this episode and kind of wrap things up we do have one more essential worker shout out um so this shout out was nominated by Lori salazar reina and this shout out is for lieutenant steven reina who is um an officer and he has gone to work every day during the pandemic risking his life so we just want to say thank you and that's all the shout outs um for this episode have been just say thank you and give appreciation maybe you haven't um there's been moments where you don't feel appreciated during this um this year but we want to just let you know that you are appreciated and your work has been noticed um, so thank you so much for everything that you did during this year, keeping people safe and risking your own life in the process. Um, it's people like you that made this year an amazing year. So that's just about everything I had planned for today's episode. And trust me, it's been a long one. I do have a little closing monologue slash special message thing. But before we get into that, um, I do want to remind you of all the places that you can find me. Um, of course, anchor.fm slash Kennedy C. There you can leave me listener messages. I love to hear from you guys. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode or any other episode. Or if you want to send me just anything, I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also click listener support on that link and um it'll allow you to make a small donation to keep this podcast running which i would really really appreciate um and on there you can also see links to every platform where the where the podcast is available um i'm also kennedy castillo on youtube that's k-e-n-n-e-d-y-c-a-s-t-i-l-l-o um i just uh, surpassed 100 subscribers um, and so I now have my own custom YouTube URL and that is um, one second one second I'm trying to find it it's new so I need to memorize it but um, let me look for that really fast I probably should have had it prepared but of course it's just like me to not have something like that prepared but that URL is 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 i keep saying is to stall hoping you guys won't notice it is youtube.com slash c slash kennedy castillo so check me out there i did new videos every single day in december um i'm not doing new videos every single day in january but i will have at least one new video a week so that's something to look forward to uh, what else you can find me on facebook it's kennedy c media is my facebook page um there i do post all the updates about my podcast and everything else that's where i posted the um essential worker nomination um shout out form so um you'll find stuff like that on there i have instagram it's at kennedy c underscore blog i don't use that instagram too much but um like i always say if enough of you all follow me maybe i'll start using it um patreon.com slash kennedy c media i believe it is um there you can make a donation to help my blog and my podcast and my youtube channel stay running um speaking of my blog my blog is kennedycblog.com kennedycdigitalart.com is my digital art portfolio and you can um commission me to do some artwork for you there as well and i think that's every place on the internet where you can find me but um maybe there's more i just can't think of them but anyway that's all the places you can find me so if you're looking for me that's where i'll be 
Um, also, I forgot to mention one of my guests today has a social media handle that they wanted me to um, mention. So um, that is, uh, Risa, Risa, my sister, she is a um, ballerina. She's got a public ballet slash dance account where she shares posts of her dancing and stuff like that. So that is Risa underscore N point. So that is R-I-C-A underscore e-n-p-o-i-n-t-e if you want to go give her a follow there that would be great um she has some great content so check her out if you're interested in that um that's instagram by the way i hope i mentioned that all right the episode is almost over i promise but i did prepare a little closing monologue for today and you know that this show is always unscripted um and this is necessarily a script but just something i wrote out a special message for you guys so i'm gonna read it now and then That'll be the end of this episode. So here's to 2021. May it be a year of Broadway shows, Marvel movies, sold out concerts, traveling, live ballet performances, live music performances, sporting events, new seasons of our favorite shows, family reunions, shopping in malls, and returning to normalcy as we once knew it. And even though I know it'll be a long time until that's actually possible, may this year be a new beginning for us all. A safe, healthy year. May we all have access to the vaccine and be witnesses to the end of this pandemic. And until that moment, may we wear masks and show love and care for one another. May we stay positive and hopeful in this new year and bring with us not only memories of the challenges we face this year, but also all the good memories of 2020. Trying new things, spending extra time with family, learning new skills, new hobbies, binging our favorite new shows, movie marathons, listening to new music, watching YouTube videos, maybe my channel, listening to our favorite podcasts, again, maybe my podcast, and all the other amazing memories from this year. We survived a global pandemic and every other obstacle that 2020 threw at us. Because of it, I know that we will be stronger and more hopeful in the new year, and we won't take anything for granted. So goodbye, 2020. You made history, you were challenging, and unexpected, but you did have your good moments. And hello, 2021. We're ready for you. We can't wait for new beginnings, a slow return to normalcy, and anything else you have for us. To all my listeners, I wish you a very happy new year. Thanks for listening to me this year. Keep tuning in every Thursday in the new year. 2021's our year, and we're gonna rock it. Um, so yeah, that was just a little speech I wrote out. But seriously, keep listening to me this year. I'm not going anywhere. In fact, this podcast is only going to get better. I wish you all the best, best, best year. May it be a safe year, happy year. I already read everything I wanted, really needed to say. But I just kind of decided to improvise now. And I just want to wish you all just an amazing year. I know this year is going to be better than 2020. Um, and we're going to rock this year. So I'll see you guys next. I won't see you guys, but... <laughs> You guys will hear me again next Thursday. Until then, Happy New Year. I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the episode.